This edition of Eternal Leadership has been brought to you by Halftime Institute. To receive a free copy of Bob Buford's classic book, Halftime, moving from success to significance, just go to eternalleadership.com slash halftime. Welcome to Eternal Leadership, a show dedicated to equipping and inspiring leaders to accomplish what God has created in them. I'm Steve Ryder, co-founder and co-host. Here's this week's interview by my partner, John Ramstead. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Eternal Leadership Podcast. And we have a great conversation today with uh, a friend of both Steve and I's, Luke Laffin. And uh, what also ask everybody out there listening, we were just looking at uh, all of our information and we just sent an email out to everybody who's been a podcast guest on here on all the top markets in, in the U.S. that uh, uh, have really resonated with you know different episodes and also um, all the countries. We're now in 196 countries, and I know we have listeners and there's people listening all over the world right now. And so, Steve and I would just ask you one favor: could you just please tell one friend about this podcast? We just want to reach out and talk to more and just grow this community. And uh, we hear from uh, everybody. Uh, virtually daily from all over the world. And that is one of the best parts of Steve and I's day is getting to answer emails and, and start new conversations with, with people we're meeting, isn't it, Steve? It is. And John, if one of the things that the listener could do is just snatch the phone out of their friend's hand, go to the podcast app on their iPhone and just click subscribe. Subscribe button is the number one way we we bump up those rankings in iTunes, and so um, just tell your friend, hey, you need to listen to this. Let me let me let me put it up on your phone for you. Click the subscribe button, and that helps us out a ton. And email John John at eternalleadership.com or myself Steve at eternalleadership.com. We love those messages from you all. Yeah, because one of the cool things God is doing here is, you know, it was always Steve and I's goal to be in the top 100 of business podcasts with a podcast that just honors, um, you know, who Jesus is and our walk and what we're all trying to do in the kingdom as kingdom business, you know, builders outside of, you know, our, our church life on Sundays. And that is happening. And we were just recognized in, in Inc. Magazine as uh, one of the top podcast leaders need to be listening to. And, you know, that is all because of you and everybody out there listening. So thank you. Tell a friend. We'd sure appreciate it. And if there's anything that we can do for you, just please reach out, let us know. And with that, let's welcome Luke to the show. Uh, Luke, welcome. Hey, thank you so much. It's an honor to be here with you both. And now you are in, uh, is it North Carolina? Uh, South Carolina. It's right South. right on the outskirts of Charlotte, but uh, it, technically South Carolina. Oh my goodness. You've been in the news a little bit lately. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, not all of it's been good. No, no, not at all. Well, hey, as we get started, I'd love to just hear a little bit about kind of, you know, your background, your journey, what's led you here. I mean, I know you're 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 married, uh, long time, awesome marriage, five kids, six grandkids. Uh, you speak internationally. You're an author, a teacher, a life coach. And as you know, we love coaching here. Um, you published your first book in 2016. And you've written a number of international like mission devotionals and Bible-based curriculums, articles and blogs. And uh, I, I know that, you know, you do a lot of work with leaders on really how to navigate the pressures and challenges of marriage, family, ministry, 
Uh, you've developed and led ministry, ministry teams. You've been a pastor. You've counseled, coached, and trained and equipped people over the year. And I love, uh, I love that about what you're doing. And But I know that through that, there's some tremendous amount of lessons that you've learned that's going to be so great. Um, you know, because leadership has how we define it is if you have influence in one other person's life. And we also want to talk about people that lead an organization. And here's how we define an organization. It's two or more people that are in a common purpose. So your marriage can be an organization, your relationship with your kids, your your family, your ministry, your work, or the team that you're on if you're, you know, you're not the boss. I mean, there's so many places if we start to see ourselves you know, from that perspective, you know, and along the way, as we're trying to learn and grow, there's just a lot of, you know, ups, the joys, there's also the challenges, the victories, the failures. And, and I know you've had a ton of experience kind of navigating through that, Luke. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation. And right now, you're currently the manager of the Kingdom Business Association at Morningstar Ministries. And I'm really looking forward to hearing more about that and how people can tie into that. But uh, with that, I'd love to you know just turn it over to you and uh, just hear a little bit about your story. Yeah, I, uh, you know, Luke Lafine is my name, and uh, it's uh, I know she said laughing. It's it's uh, it's pretty common mistake, but uh, Lafine, that, been, is that uh, French? You know, I'm not really sure. I've been I've been doing some uh, family history, and and uh, actually it goes back into Prussia, Germany, into uh-huh. that empire. My family came over in the 1800s, so I'm still uh, I'll have to have to delay answering that particular question. I'm still looking, but yeah, you know, it's interesting the uh, the path that the Lord's brought me on. I uh, I was actually uh, saved at an early age. My family was pretty. Uh, dysfunctional, I guess, is the the word that most people are comfortable with. But um, uh, when I was 15, really had a dramatic encounter with the Lord. And from that point, it set me on a course towards Him uh, with no real support from, uh, you know, the, the church that I was in had no real youth or discipleship program. So I really was navigating through things uh, pretty much on my own, just the, the Lord guiding me through that. In my 20s, I really felt a call to ministry and uh, pursued, went, went through Bible school and, and uh, mentoring program in California and was on staff out there. I actually pastored for about 10 years. So my life through my 20s and 30s was really about pursuing uh, you know, a life of ministry and whatever decisions I made, whether educational or career choices, they were all skewed towards that uh, destination of, of being full-time in ministry, whether that was pastoring, whether that was uh, missionary work, uh, counseling, whatever it was. I just knew that there was this burning passion in my heart for establishing the kingdom of God. In the uh, about 99, uh, my, my marriage was in trouble. Actually, we ended up going through a divorce. And everything that I had went through building up to that point in my life was was crushed. And so here I am in my late 30s looking at, you know, what, okay, Lord, what's what's the rest of my life supposed to be like? Hey, hey Luke, can I ask you a question there, too? I know that, you yeah. know, when you were, yeah, I sure. remember when you were a pastor, you had started a number of companies, right, to, you know, kind of supplement the income from a pastor. So you were... You were doing both those roles. Is is that 
did that kind of contribute to everything that, that happened? You know, uh, um, I did. I did start. Uh, I was for the most part of the time that I pastored, I was bivocational, uh, working outside of the ministry in order to, and it, and it did contribute in some ways just to the overextension of myself in that role. Um, really, there was just there were so many things that need to be done, and those were you know some of the lessons the Lord talked to me about later about balance, about seeking Him, about being still in His presence, and uh, not carrying those burdens myself, but allowing him to lead me and guide me through those things that he would have me do. But it, it, it really did, John. I, um, I took way too much responsibility on myself for things that, quite, quite frankly, uh, the Lord never asked me to do. Mm. And that did contribute to uh, the, the, my divorce. It did contribute to some challenges in my relationship with my kids, which subsequently I've been able to uh, rebuild those uh, relationships, but there was uh, there was a real critical point in my life where uh, not only my marriage, but uh, of course the the ministry was collapsed, and then I was struggling with my uh, company as well. So pretty much every area of my life really hit a critical mass. And uh, at, at one at one point, um, there's as these things were unfolding, my dad was also um, diagnosed with cancer for the second time. And so he was in the process of going through chemotherapy and trying to to get on top of that. I ended up leaving my uh, my company in the hands of my employees. I went to California to spend time with him, just trying to take care of him and and help him through that process. Uh, he he did end up dying uh, later that year, and my life at that point was literally uh, a shambles. So that was quite the low point. I mean, you were right in the 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 dark part of walking through the valley, weren't you? It was it was so dark. I really, um, I really felt like the Lord stripped everything from my life except for Him. And I, I'm uh, there's really no way to articulate the the depth of pain and the the anguish that I was going through at that time. But I can tell you with all sincerity that uh, it was the the most horrible time and the most amazing time of my life because it was in that moment that I realized that the only thing that I really truly needed was that relationship with with the Lord. Now, do you say that in hindsight, Luke, or is that more kind of remembering how you felt like in the moment? Because I know there's a lot of people, I'm sure, even listening that are can relate to you know, being in that, in that place. You know, it was a, it was a progressive revelation as my life collapsed around me. Uh, I really was at a point of, uh, just feeling completely worthless, feeling like there was no value. Everything that I had poured my life into my marriage, my family, my, uh, the, the ministry, the Lord called me to, uh, my business, all of that was collapsing. And I remember sitting in my office one day, and just saying, you know, Lord, I feel completely worthless. You know, I mean, I went from teaching, training, discipling to not doing anything. And the Lord, uh, he caught me off guard, which he will often do. And he asked me a question. He said, um, where does your value come from? Hmm. And I said, uh, of course, you know, I, I knew the right answer. My value comes from the Lord, right? My value comes from you. 
And then he asked me a second question that uh, I was undone. He said, if my value comes from you, then how could you be worthless because you're not doing things for me? Luke, um, you, you kind of alluded to it a little bit, but I know your story because of our conversations we've had in the past. But you handed your business off to your employees for them to run, mm-hmm. but it was not smooth sailing. Talk more about that and how that stressed, uh, how that played out. Yeah, in, uh, so I was in uh, California trying to help my dad taking care of things, bringing me back and forth to chemotherapy. Uh, my daily calls to my company consisted of, hey, is everything all right? Do you need me for anything? And I was informed that everything's fine. They don't need anything. But there were other things that were, uh, that were going on that um, uh, my company, that really the people that were working for me, decided that they were going to start another company with my clients as I was in in uh, California taking care of my dad. So through that process, I was in the in the midst of all of these things that were going on. Um, I received a call from uh, my attorney. And in that moment, um, there were some things that she was concerned about. And I just said, so, you know, what are we talking about? What's the what's the downside? And she told me that uh, she had seen cases like this in which people uh, went to prison for at least two years. Uh, just as a, a, a parenthetical statement, the, the reality mean, as is, in, is... As in you <laughs> might go to prison or your employees? Yes. No, me. Because of how things and, were unfolding uh, when, when you were away? Yeah, and there there were some things that I mean, as it turns out, uh, I had done everything that I needed to. I just had to make sure that the paperwork was uh, filed where it was supposed to be filed. Uh, but in that moment, I didn't know that. You know, it took me some time to do some due diligence and find out exactly what was going on. And I mean, as it turns out, I did everything legal. Everything was fine. But in that moment. Uh, I was looking at every area of my life collapsing and the possibility of spending up to two years or more in prison. Luke, I can't even imagine the stress that that just, I mean, the pressure, the noise, the weight, the just the ambiguity. Oh, my gosh. I mean, that that must have been one of the hardest couple nights of your your life. I I can just see myself sitting in bed with my head, my mind just spinning off into all these what ifs and could be's and in scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. It, like I was saying before, there's no way that I can articulate the intensity of what I was feeling. I, I literally felt like I was going to have an aneurysm. There was a physical pressure inside my head that was so intense that I really, uh, I really thought I was going to have a heart attack or, or something. But it was in that moment, um, the the reality that everything in my life was was collapsing, that I, I went to the, the room that I was staying in at my dad's house and uh, just collapsed up to my knees. And I, I just said, Lord, do whatever you have to do in me so that your purposes and plans can be established in my life. Ooh. And it... I, I wasn't, you know, in, when you're in that kind of a, that you don't, it's not cheap talk, you know, it's like, okay, 
if it means me going to prison, I really, with all of my heart, uh, I want everything that God has for me. I really want to fulfill every purpose and plan that he had in mind when he created me. And I understood that he loved me for who I was, because that was after the previous conversation where he, he said, hey, I love you because I chose to, not because of anything that you could do for me. Mm-hmm. So I was I was standing on that revelation that, okay, Lord, you love me. You are the one that is directing my paths. You said that you would lead and guide me. And I just, I really trusted that I was in that moment as a part of what he was doing in me. And I really just laid everything down and said, do whatever you have to do, uh, understanding full well what that meant. And the Lord actually spoke to my heart in that moment. And he, he said, I'm answering your prayer. And I thought, you know, I don't remember praying for my life to be completely wrecked. I don't remember asking to have my family, you know, destroyed or my business, you know, ripped out of my hands. I don't remember to ask watching my dad die in front of me. And then the Lord said this. He said, you prayed out of Philippians 3 to be that you wanted to know my son and to be conformed to his sufferings, to be transformed to his death so that you might partake of the resurrection. And then he showed me how the things that I was going through in that moment really paralleled things that Jesus went through. The people that were closest to him abandoned him, they rejected him. His own family misunderstood him, they accused him. When he was at his worst moment, the people at the foot of the cross were gambling over who got to keep his robe, who got to have the, the few possessions that he had. And as the Lord started comparing the things that I was going through with the Lord, at first I'm like, no way, Lord, because Jesus was innocent and I'm not. Most of the stuff that I'm going through, it's because of my own my own stupidity, my own poor decisions, my own inexperience. I mean, the things that I'm going through, uh, I'm not innocent here. And the Lord said, he agreed. He said, that's true. But what you're going through is the same. And it was in the midst of that pain that I realized that I was tasting just a fraction, just a piece of what Jesus suffered for us because of his intense love that he has for you and for me. And like I said, that it was it was the absolute worst time of my life and the best time of my life because I, I realized, at least in some small portion, what Jesus really had to endure so that I could have fellowship with the Father. Hey, Luke, you know, as I'm listening to this, and I'm just thinking through, you know, some of the things that my wife and I have gone through, uh, with businesses, with life, with relationships, you know, the the ebb and flow of life. And sometimes when you're in the middle of a period like that where it just feels like things are falling apart, um, you know, I don't know whether it's just kind of, you know, my, my nature or it's human nature, but you're kind of like, you know, I, I, you know, I was praying through that whole period. I was praying about the decisions that I made. Um, but all these things happened, which was not what I wanted or expected. And some of these have some, you know, some some real consequences, things that we still have to work through. It's painful. And what do you share with people, you know, having gone through this also that are felt like through that whole process that led into this, this, you know, this period, this, this, this 
challenging period um, about where God was and does God answer prayer and where was he part of it? How, how do we start to put some of this in context? Because yeah. I know in hindsight, I have always, now that I have the ability to look back, I can actually see where God was moving in all of this and kind of what my role was. But I got to tell you, sometimes in the middle of it, um, and we're going through some things personally today in our family, and and that's definitely where my wife is kind of where her mind is going back to right now, right? <laughs> where is God in all this? And I think this is something we can help because uh, I've seen at times a lot of believers, unless you're really strong in your faith, sometimes times like this, some people can tend to use this to say, you know what, maybe God doesn't really care, or maybe he doesn't really answer prayer um, does that make sense? Absolutely. No, and uh, that's that's one of the amazing things that through this process now, you know, 17 years later, having, uh, you know, the gift of hindsight to be able to see how things were in the middle of that and how the Lord has walked through that process, um, <clears throat> it's, it's, a, it's, a powerful, uh, it's a powerful question. And as I've been walking with, with other folks and, and uh, the process that I went through, really the, the very first thing is to be able to grab a hold of the truth that God absolutely loves you and he's for you. And I know that that sounds simple, but what I found in the midst of some of those most difficult times, it was the most simple truths, the most simple revelations that really uh, I could grab a hold of. Because it, to be honest with you, it was so intense that I don't even know if I could have held on to something complicated. And I really believe the Lord does keep things simple. He's like, hey, I love you. And I have every good intention for you. For me, when I when I was in the middle of that, I absolutely held on to that as an anchor and continued to remind the Lord. It's like, Lord, you promised me that you would work all things together for good. And I know uh, a lot of people quote that and uh, the reality is that there's a verse right after that that gives you an indication of what the good is that he's working in you. It says that he caused all things to work together for good to those that love him and are called according to his purposes, for whom he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. God is in the process of transforming us into the image of his son. And the things that we go through, the circumstances that we go through, are, are geared for, for two things. One, it's the removal of that which is not true to your identity. And the other one is establishing the character and the nature of Christ within you. So as I go into these different uh, challenges or, or situations that are causing me to be shaken, then I, I have the understanding, it's like, okay, so there's something in me that can be shaken. Because everything will be shaken, right? Until only the one, the thing that can't be shaken is left. So when I'm in a situation that I'm being shaken, then the next step is to ask the Lord, it's like, okay, Lord, what is it in me that I'm trusting in? What is it in me that I'm depending on that can be shaken? And what the Lord has done in me is he's brought me through uh, a similar process over and over again of really getting to the core of what's being touched in my life. 
So when, when we trust the Lord that, okay, he's guiding my steps, he's directing me, he loves me, and he's for me, then the next set of questions is completely different than if we don't have that understanding. So we're saying, okay, Lord, I know you're for me. I know this is for my good. So what is it that you're working in me for my benefit in the midst of the circumstance? And over and over again, I've found that the Lord will point me to belief systems that I've held on to. You know, it's that self-talk. It's those things that we say to ourselves when we're in the midst of those trials. You know, man, why does this always happen to me? Uh, why, do, why can't I get this right? Why am I so dumb? You know, there are these different things that we start to say to ourselves in the midst of these circumstances. But I believe that's really the reason for the Lord orchestrating those dynamics. But those are some and of those it, things you referred to before, right? Removing those things that are not true in your identity. And if you're exactly. saying, you know, why am I so stupid or how come I, you know, I can't make a good decision. I can't succeed as an entrepreneur. I'm a horrible father. I'm a horrible husband. And that, you know, when we get into a mindset like that, we also react um, in a situation that makes it worse, right? Like, you know, you're having a conversation with your wife and she says something that you see reinforce one of these false beliefs. And you're like, hey, yeah, honey, yeah, I, I guess I can't do, ever do anything right. Well, that, <laughs> I mean, just little things like that. But what you're talking about is really having some awareness of what these beliefs are because, you know, back in Ephesians 2.10, right, if we accept that we're Christ's perfect workmanship, you know, his perfect works, that he didn't create us to to be thinking like this. We've accepted things from the world, what we've heard from others, what we think even others think about us. And a lot of those are not true. They're lies that we've accepted as truth because they've been ingrained in who we are. And I, I couldn't agree with you more. I'd love your thoughts, Luke, on how do I actually start to really look at that identity and get that in alignment with the identity that actually Christ created us into. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's interesting, you know, as I look over the, the process that the Lord brought me through, one of, the, one of the first things was to start inviting the Lord into my thought processes. So I was raised, you know, in the, uh, from a church standpoint, and this idea that we really, you know, we need to be good, we need to purify ourselves, you need to make sure that before you come to the Lord, you got your, you know, you got your stuff in order. And what the Lord started doing in the midst of these, uh, you know, the aftermath of this season of my life, there were there was a lot of garbage coming up. And I was saying, like, man, I got to deal with all of this stuff so I can be right with the Lord, so I can get right with him and, you know, enter into that. And it was just impossible. Yeah, that's and, a, that's a, a dependent event that's that's going to be really hard to execute on, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I would say uh, beyond really hard, it's impossible. Yeah. And uh, so, but what the, what the Lord started doing is I felt like he was encouraging me to actually invite him into my ugliness, invite, mm. invite him into those areas of my heart that were so disgusting to me that were just, they were riddled with failure. They, they had those, you know, those voices, that self-talk that was just so saturated, that was condescending, it was destructive to myself. And the Lord said, and I want you to invite me into that. And so I did, even though it felt really awkward. I'm like, okay, Lord, I, I invite you into this hatred, this unforgiveness, this bitterness, whatever it was at the time that, that was being exposed. What did that look like to invite him into that, Luke? 
You know, it's like going into a messy room and, and turning on the light. Uh, you start to see not just the, you know, the impact of what's coming out of the room, but you get to start seeing what the, you know, what the dynamics are in that area of your heart. Where, where did things get off track? You know, what was it that happened in your past or in your experience or how you interpreted, more importantly, how you interpreted the experiences of your past? Mm-hmm. So the Lord really brought me into these places to start to to see how uh, the events of my past and how I interpreted them and how I adopted those conclusions that I had made as a little kid were still continuing to affect me. So it was really a process of going into right directly to the middle of those critical moments of my life that established belief systems that were inconsistent with who I really was. So there was, you know, on one side, he was, you know, leading me into that place to understand my identity in Christ, like you said, John, in in Ephesians. You know, there's so many places that really talk about who we are, and we're actually very, we're so amazing. Uh, when you when you look at yourself through the mirror of God's word and you come up with a description of your identity based on what he says about you, it's absolutely amazing. You know, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. We were created from eternity with an intention so, so precise that the Lord molded and fashioned and shaped you exactly with your personality, your gifts, your talents, your abilities, your strengths, even your weaknesses, even your dislikes when you were in your mother's womb, and then he decided what times and what places that you would live so he could integrate you into his great plan. So you start to have that revelation, and then the Lord would just started to juxtapose that truth with those thoughts, those conclusions that I had made as a little kid or, or the things that people had spoken over my life. And I had to make a decision. I had to decide, am I going to hold on to my experience and my limited understanding of the world around me, or am I going to trust the eternal God who cannot lie and and fashion my identity based on who he says that I am instead of who I thought that I was? And uh, it, it looks it looks really ugly. I'm going to be real honest. Uh, to invite the Lord, it, it's, you, you don't, there's nothing that you can hide. And our carnal nature is, uh, it's ugly. It's really ugly. But the beauty of the Lord, um, he, he can literally redeem things that we think are beyond redemption. You know, well, I'm glad that's so true what you said there. Um, and, I, and I'm just thinking through this, right? And, you know, as, uh, you know, as you brought God into that messy room and you started allowing him to see the mess and start to clean up the mess— you know, what What did it look like, you know, from there as you really, you know, you said that, you know, this has been quite a while now, as you kind of really moved into understanding, you know, not who you were, but who God made you to be, because, you know, it's 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 kind of that difference between your your real self, which is how we you view yourself in this moment, in your ideal self, and I think that is the self that... Um, you're created to be. And I think the level of stress that we have in our life is the difference between those two. And as those, as those two come closer together, as we work in this area, 
I think that's where some of the, you know, the noise, the pressure and the stress, you know, it changes as we come into convergence between, you know, that awareness between what those two are. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's, it was amazing when I, uh, so that was about uh, 99 uh, that it, when those things were unfolding. And there was really about, I would say, um, I mean, a three year process that was pretty intense that involved uh, just a series of those kind of confrontations where uh, the Lord was just bringing me to that, that point of conflict to decide, okay, what am I really going to believe? What's my life going to uh, be based on? You know, is it based on my past or my experience or my failures or what I thought about myself, or is it going to be based on the truth? And as I went through the process of shifting my agreement, my alignment with uh, my identity with the truth of who God said that I was, I began to see such a transformation in the world around me. And, and one of the things that was so amazing is the the absence of effort. I mean, I had spent so much time striving to really press in and enter into this place with the Lord and fasting and praying and seeking and preaching and teaching, you know, all these things. But there was some element of that with within me that I felt I had to do that in order to achieve something. But through this transitional season, what I understood is I was already seated with Christ in heavenly places. The work was already done. I was already perfect in Him. And the process that I was in is bringing my uh, my mind, my will, my emotion into agreement with who he says that I am, who I already am in him. And the, the way that I describe it, and uh, <clears throat> to me it makes sense, but before that point I was living my life towards something. I was trying to uh, attain something. But since then I've been living my life from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Because I'm already completed. His work in me is already done. So from that place of completion, from that place of perfection, I'm living my life from there outward to fulfill everything that he's already accomplished in me. And every time that I come into an area of my life that is not in agreement with that, then I have that same conversation. It's like, okay, Lord, wait a minute. This circumstance or this situation is telling me something contrary to what you already told me about myself. <clears throat> What's going on here? And I invite him in just like I did back in, in those uh, early times when I was just learning this. Shine your light in my heart, in my mind, in, in those thoughts, in those places of my heart. Why would I hold to something that's so clearly contrary to what you said about me? And I think for me, I, I stopped basing my life on, you know, the the evidence of, you know, how many people I, I prayed for or, you know, ministered to or whatever, to how evident is the fruit of the Spirit of my life without my effort. Because works you, that's, that has to do with your hands, but fruit has to do with your heart. And fruit is a natural byproduct of something. It's not the effort of, it's not a result of our efforts. So as I'm going into situations that before would completely mess me up and I'm walking in peace, then I knew it's like, oh, okay, this is this is an area of my life where I used to be walking in the natural man. Now I'm walking in my spiritual man, walking in that identity. And for probably, uh, I did, um, after that season, I went through another two-year period of uh, just, I think, 
walking out uh, those revelations, getting some experience of what it looked like to uh, outwardly express those things that the Lord had been doing in my heart. And then in 2005, I uh, married my my wife, Helen, and um, that uh, it was uh, it was interesting because then there was another process that started where she and I there were levels of our heart that hadn't been touched before, so it was uh, a similar process. Uh, at least I had some framework to understand the dynamics of what was going on. But there's there's a there's a transition when you're going from just working with you and the Lord to integrating it into other people, especially a blended family. Um, out of that out of that process, uh, which is uh, we're getting ready to celebrate our 13th anniversary, uh, there were two things that happened. One about five years ago, the Lord really called both of us to enter into a season of resting and it was it was uh strange to the natural man but he just literally uh, be still know that i'm god my wife and i both would go and literally sit in his presence and just be quiet it just um i I think it's like sitting in the sunlight you know you sit in the sun and you just soak in the rays that's what we were doing in a spiritual sense and the lord really taught us how to rest from our own efforts and just abide in that place where he's doing something in you. You don't even have to know about it. I'm, I'm learning to not depend on as much on my brain as I am on what he's doing inside of me. But out of that place, the Lord brought me through a stripping process. And uh, at the beginning of it, he said, I'm going to strip you from uh, religion, traditions of men and doctrines of demons. And at first I was like, okay, uh, you know, get behind me. <laughs> that can't be right. <laughs> You know, of course, but by that time, I've been walking with the Lord for, you know, 30 some years and, and, you know, all these different experiences. And the Lord did restore me into ministry um, after that uh, that season. There was about a, a three year season where he was dealing with some deep inner things and then started opening up opportunities for me to teach or preach or go into different countries. But uh, uh, sure enough, exactly what the Lord said is what he did. He spent the next nine months bringing me through a process of not just my uh, emotional, you know, the areas of my emotional being, you know, those the mind, will, and the emotion of how my past had had shaped me, but also the things that I had learned, just the culture that we live in as believers, the culture of um, of religion as opposed to just simply that relationship with the Lord, and. Really, uh, he brought me through the process of revisiting everything about the message of who we are in him, what he did on the cross, what he did through his burial, what he did through his resurrection, and how we apply those things into our life in a practical way. And that's, uh, that's where my book, Reclaiming Your Core, came from that season of uh, really getting down to the, the core of our identity, apart from anything that we we do or or don't do, simply what did he do? And I've been I've been using these uh, these principles to help people through that their transition, and also to help equip other people, coaches and people that are helping other people. But the uh, you know the reality is is that the. Uh, the, the first part of the process the Lord brought me through was removing the obstacles. The second was laying that foundation 
that was apart from uh, all the things that I had picked up over the years. And uh, actually, the the first book I published was the last one I started writing. I just finished my my second book that's dealing more with the obstacle uh, part of things. I just it's in my editor's hands right now. But um, well, when that yeah, comes are, out, you have to let us know because I you know oh, this definitely. whole concept of reclaiming your core. I love it because you know getting in touch with that ideal self and really understanding you know, your identity at the core, your, you know, your, your core values, your core beliefs, your core passions, um, your core strengths and gifts, and really understanding, going through that process to understand, you know, stripping away all these layers that have been piled on, you know, through, you know, just living life that we've accepted and getting under, you know, getting down to that truth that God sees in us, that he created in us, I think is, you know, uh, Simon Sinek is famous for his, you know, book, Start With Why, right? And and he's got mm-hmm. one of the most famous TED Talks, the what, you know, talks about the why, the what, and the how. And I really think that that misses a step when we're talking about personal transformation and, and the renewing of our mind, and that is who. The who we are ha- is, is, I think, a necessary prerequisite to understanding and really connecting with passion and heart and and emotion to the why, the what, and the how. And I think a lot of leaders, you know, what we miss that step. We're we're focusing on this, you know, the vision, the mission, the purpose, all these things we think we, I mean, they're good. We we need them. Um, And that process for a lot of people is really hard to do. And I believe that it's, it's made difficult because we haven't taken that time to slow down and actually connect with, like you talked about, you know, reclaiming and connecting to who we are at the core. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, interestingly enough, I, I, um, I thought the Lord would put me back into the, uh, I mean, years ago, the, uh, the more traditional form of ministry, but the Lord really transitioned me into the marketplace. I mean, I've been I've been consulting in uh, project management and healthcare for the last 13 years, and uh, at first, I'm going to be honest, it, it was confusing. I'm like, Lord, wait a minute, you know, it's like you're you're uh, you know revealing me revealing to me who I am in you. You're you're affirming your call, your destiny, your purpose on my life to you know impact uh, people in the nations for the kingdom of God. And it's like, what, what am I doing consulting, you know, in the, and I've been consulting primarily in healthcare. Um, but what I found out is that, uh, I mean, for sure, the Lord has given me great opportunities to connect with the body of Christ in, you know, a lot of different areas that, uh, those doors open because I'm flying there to, to, uh, consult in, in, uh, project management and healthcare. But, um, even in the marketplace, the, uh, the the Lord is really doing an amazing work right there it, right there right now. I really, with all of my heart, I, I have such an excitement to see how many godly men and women are rising up into positions of leadership in the marketplace and in government and in other areas of influence to really be a beacon of light for the kingdom of God to establish godly principles to have a, be a point of contact for the kingdom of God in the place where most people are living and seeing that, uh, you know, the, the walls of the, the church coming down, so to speak, where we're not just in a, in buildings uh, by ourselves anymore. The Lord is really integrating us into the very fabric of our culture 
and uh, society. So it's been really exciting. Uh, like I said, at first it was confusing, but the more I, I just see the Lord's hand in the the leaders in the marketplace and how He's really moving there, uh, I'm really anticipating a continual growth and and programs such as yours with uh, Eternal Leadership and and um, other ministries, Kingdom Business Association. That's one of the things I've been excited about uh, being a part of the team here. That. Uh, just not just not only connecting with business leaders and people in, of influence in our in our culture, but also uh, networking together, helping to train and equip and empower people to really uh, know that hey, God put you right where you are so that you can establish His kingdom in the midst of the people that He's connected you with. You, know, you don't have to go into the mission field; you are the mission field. You don't have to, you know, have a pulpit. You know, you you are the pulpit. And the Lord's revealing Himself to uh, to this world through people such as yourselves, uh, the people that are listening to this podcast. I believe that will fall in my heart. Yeah, and and Luke, share more about the Kingdom Business Alliance. You know what it is, what you do, how people can uh, you know connect into that. Yeah, we have uh, uh, we've been working actually this this year. I, I came in uh, January and have been working with Dave Yarns and uh, the team here at, at Morningstar for uh, Kingdom Business Association. And it's really about uh, two things. First of all, is networking. It's connecting with people. You know, we are a body, and sometimes people feel uh, like I did for for a number of years. I felt like I was. Uh, on my own out and, and you know I'm out consulting somewhere and felt like I was isolated I wasn't really sure what the Lord is doing and to be a point of contact so wherever you are in the in the marketplace in the world to be able to know that hey there are people that are like you and uh, we, we want to connect with you we want we want to be able to receive what the Lord's doing in you and, and share what the Lord's doing in us so first of all it's a connection place and the other is uh, to provide resources you know, we have uh, strong connections with like Lance Wallnow, uh, Gary Cassie. Uh, there are other just ministries that are really purposefully pouring their heart and their attention to empowering people in the marketplace or in the Seven Mountains. And we're in the process of continuing to develop resources to help uh, just have those words of encouragement or teachings or connection points or conferences to uh, to be able to empower people, give them some tools to accomplish what it is that God's called them to do uh, right where they're at. So we have a, a website, kbabiz.com. There's a lot of information on there. We have an upcoming conference in, in October where, you know, our annual conference to meet together with people from all over the world and uh, just foster those connections and and uh, join hands to see what the Lord's going to do through through these uh, these godly men and women that he's established in the marketplace. What's the date of that conference? That's October 19th through the 21st. And where, where is it again? It's in... Um... Uh, yeah, it's at uh, Heritage International Ministries. It's the Morningstar Campus here in Fort Mill, South Carolina. And that would be a that would be a just a, a you know a great place for people to connect to others, and you have a great podcast and a great blog on there, and and just a you know an incredible you know toolbox and great articles, and this is you know uh, I think it's so good for people to connect with other like-minded folks because I 
I, I mean, there's so many people we, that Steve and I hear from all the time. They're just wondering, you know, how do I do this? How do I move forward? And I think one of the important things, too, and I'd be willing to bet that, you know, as you went through this journey and realized maybe the room's getting messy again, right? You probably had, mm -hmm. did you have other people in your life that you could share this with, that you could be accountable to, that could kind of bump you back into, you know, the path that God wanted you to be on? And having those relationships in our life is so critical. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as, as a matter of fact, I, uh, years ago when, when the Kingdom Business Association launched their uh, joint work with uh, Morningstar Ministries, I actually, uh, I joined it. As I understand it, I was one of the first members of the KBA, uh, as we call it, the Kingdom Business Association. I think it was like eight or nine years ago, which I thought it was interesting that the Lord uh, allowed me to receive from that resource over the years and, you know, connecting with people at conferences and, uh, you know, like you said, just stinking. We, we weren't meant to do this alone. We really need each other. And uh, the Lord created it that way. So to be able to have that connecting point, even even when I'm on the road or when I'm traveling, to be able to have a network of people that I know I can reach out to, it's indispensable. Now, how, how do people find your book, Reclaiming Your Core, Luke? Uh, I, I have that on, uh, it's on Amazon.com. Um, okay. I have uh, my book up there. So if you just search Reclaiming Your Core, It'll pop up. Luke Lafine, it's L-A-F-F-I-N. Looks like laughing, but uh, it's, uh, <laughs> My bad, it's pretty man. easy to find. <laughs> and hey, it's K I, K go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I'm more surprised when people uh, pronounce it correctly than when they don't. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, the website for Kingdom Business Association. It's K-B-A-B-I-Z dot com. You know, and, you know, just as we wrap up, Luke, you know, as people have been listening into this conversation, and, and thank you, this has been really powerful. For me, I've taken a whole page of notes just for myself. Uh, but just what final thoughts would you like to just, you know, leave with folks as, they're, as they, they've been listening to this? Don't give up. Mm. Don't give up. You know, the Lord really is faithful. And as we go into situations and circumstances in our life that seem hopeless, they seem uh, just like there's no way out of it, I, I tell you that the Lord will not only bring you through it, but He's going to do a work in your heart to help you fulfill your destiny and your purpose in, in this world. The Lord, out of, out of eternity, created you for a purpose as a part of His plan. And he knows how to bring you to the place where you can fulfill that. If you if you don't give up, you win. Don't give up. Uh, the Lord the Lord is absolutely excited about who you are. He created you the way that you are. He did not make a mistake. He knew exactly what he was doing, and he'll help you to discover the fullness of the potential that he's already hidden within your heart. And um, just going to be real honest, all the process isn't always easy. And it's not designed to be, you know, it, it really, in order for, for gold to be refined, it has to go through the fire. And uh, I'll just, I'll end with one thing that the Lord told me at a very particularly uh, painful moment. And I saw all this ugliness coming up to the surface in my life. And uh, I was feeling very discouraged. And then I heard the Lord whisper to me, don't forget what's beneath the dross. Don't forget what's beneath the dross. Hmm. You know, that fire, it'll bring the dross to the surface, but beneath it, it's pure gold. 
I am writing that down. Don't forget what is beneath the dross. That would be a great picture to just print out and put on my board over here, Luke. It's just a reminder that that dross is just part of it. And sometimes, you know what? Uh, new dross comes in and we just have to go through the process again, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And and the the joy and the peace, the relationship I have with my wife, the things that I'm walking in now, um, it's it's worth every bit of the price that I had to pay in order to bring myself into agreement with, with who God created me to be. I, I don't lament anything that he's ever asked me to give up. It's just been such a, uh, it's been such a joy. The only thing like, uh, you know, I, the, the thing that I can say, I wish that some areas I wouldn't have held on so much to the things that he was trying to remove for so long. I think I could have simplified the process a little bit, but uh, he's faithful. He really loves us. He's got an awesome plan and a purpose for every one of our lives. You know, it, it made me think, I'm just wondering if everybody knows what dross is. I actually just typed in and looked up the definition. You know, ah. when, you, when you take metal and you refine it, right, it has all kinds of other stuff in there, let's say, other than the pure gold. And, mm -hmm. you know, the definition of dross is something regarded as worthless or rubbish. It's foreign matter, dregs, waste or in particular scum formed on the surface of a molten metal. <laughs> wow. So, let's think about that, right? So that we got all yeah. this stuff that we've let in over time that God wants to be, you know, he wants to be, you know, to remove it. And like you said, that process sometimes of removing it, um, you know, can be difficult. But if we go through the process, we can have that, you know, that, that ideal self, that, that core that, that God really created us to be and that he wants us to connect to. So, um, I mean, I really appreciate you sharing, Luke. This was, uh, this was really good. It's been my pleasure. Look forward to connecting with you guys again. Thanks for listening to Eternal Leadership. Be sure to check the summary of this MP3 for any important links and a link to the show notes for this episode. This edition of Eternal Leadership has been brought to you by Halftime Institute. In 1994, Bob Buford penned the book Halftime, moving from success to significance. And in the more than 20 years since then, more than three quarters of a million copies have been sold. It's touched baby boomers in the 90s, and it's now touching the lives of both Gen Xers who are in that midlife season asking, is this all there is? As well as baby boomers who are searching for significance in retirement. To get a free copy of the book, just go to eternalleadership.com slash halftime. And after you read it, if you have any questions, you can have a no obligation one hour of halftime coaching. Eternalleadership.com slash halftime. You can't beat getting a free bestseller. For John Ramstead, I'm Steve Ryder, and thank you for listening to Eternal Leadership.